0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In a sleepy provincial town, a Jehovah Witness community is attacked by an extremist group. In the midst of this conflict... The familiar world of Yana, the wife of the community leader, slowly crumbles. Yana's inner discontent grows as she struggles to make sense of her desires. That is the basic premise behind this wonderful, terrific film called Beginning. And we're joined today by the director as well as the writer, co-writer of the film. And that would be Dia Kumlu Kashvili. Dia, welcome to Film School Radio.
1: Thank you very much, Mike.
0: You worked on this with uh, uh, Nrati Onelli, uh in co-writing this. Uh, where did the idea for the film come from?
1: I, I studied um, in a film school at Columbia University in a film program. Came back to Georgia in 2015 to visit my family. And I was uh, visiting my father in a like, small village where he lived at that point. And our relatives um, who became Jehovah's Witnesses were visiting my father. And I could see that people who grew up in this village and uh, have never left, and, and, unlike me, they never left, suddenly became outsiders just because of their new face. Like, new and I think that because I myself was going through certain thoughts in my head about the questioning, what does it mean to belong? And what does it mean to come back home? Or can you truly, really come back? I was somehow attracted to like talk to these people or to question what are the experiences they're going through and this was the initial thought why I started to think about this film but at the same time in Columbia University when I was constantly writing the scripts in order to learn how to write I was questioning the what does the more mainstream uh, cinema narrative really is and how can you take characters which would, would be secondary characters in the mainstream narrative and look at their lives and what if they would be the main characters of the film? So this is how my thoughts about Yana, the main character started to first, I started to have those thoughts and then these two somehow started to come together also.
0: Well, just out of curiosity, uh, the, Georgia, is it predominantly orthodox, um, this, is that, yeah. Is it, would it be called russian orthodox what do we call it well, uh, it's
1: called eastern orthodox eastern. and it's 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 a very religious country it's uh 99 almost like percent of the population is religious and the christianity eastern orthodox christianity is um almost like fully associated with uh what does it mean to be georgian and in the uh, and certain religious groups are not always tolerant. So it, we, we certainly have some problems here.
0: So. Yeah. And as you mentioned, your focus on Yana, she is the, the wife of the the minister of the Jehovah Witness faith, who is trying to put together this community and reinforce this sort of idea that, uh, I mean, really build a community, I guess is a better way to put it. The film opens with a pretty striking scene um, uh, and it sort of sets in motion the fissures within the community, these different elements in the film, faith, conflict, relationships, and the internal and external part of all of those different um, topics. What, what went into it? How how did you sort of see this as a, as a, a crisis of faith or is it a, a crisis of a, sort of a social breakdown?
1: Uh, no, it's a, it's a very interesting question because <laughs> I was from the very beginning thinking that I'm not making a film which is about a religion or to question if religion is good or bad. Uh, for me, those questions are very individual and I did not want to touch uh, on them. I wanted to examine what the life of this woman is. And I knew that she lives in the marginalized community, but even within that community, she's on the like outskirts even of that community and she's always in the background. And I was questioning that if we examine the idea of faith and what does it mean uh, for a woman to belong to the religious community, then where is her place really? Because even when I was thinking about the story of Abraham and Isaac, and even when I was a child, by the way, because I grew up in a very strange time when Georgia became extremely religious, and I used to go to church a lot, like almost every day. And I do remember that the first time when I heard the story of Abraham and Isaac, I was I was questioning Yes maybe Abraham wanted to sacrifice his son but what did his wife think like w- was she also fine with that uh, but then i as, as a child and even as a teenager i could not really find any answers and honestly i found only answers much later on in life when i was already studying uh, philosophy and i could like i would go back to examine certain subjects in more depth so those were questions originally and i think that any external conflict is just I'm not interested in action or I'm not interested in the um, plot. I'm more interested to capture something which is intangible, which is an internal conflict or something which accumulates through the film. And uh, for me, it was always interesting to question her internal uh, conflict, but then it needs to manifest itself through her external life or how, how she lives. And I think that questions about the face... not sure I can answer them, only theoretically. But I don't know, I I really don't know anything about it still. But questions about how this woman feels, maybe I have more answers because she's somebody very familiar to me because I knew these women when I was living in this small town where I grew up, actually. Uh, So
0: just uh, as an aside, I'm curious, uh, as Georgian was gaining independence from the Soviet Union, was this religious ferocity? Did that sort of take more and more apart, become part of the Georgian identity? Is that was that part of the equation? In in,
1: yes, because Soviet Union was uh, officially atheist uh, state, so there was no religion. And when in ninety Soviet Union collapsed and it was a civil war, it was the. Um, huge economic crisis and I think it was some sort of crisis of uh, identity of the country also because we and I was a child so we did not know fully what does it mean to have an independent country and maybe many of people in Georgia would really get angry at me if, if they would hear me saying this but I think these are the questions we as Georgians need to ask ourselves but then religion came in as an answer or as a hope that everybody was looking for, or maybe even this desire that most of the people had that for someone to be responsible. So here it was this religion, God who was responsible and who would judge uh, right from wrong. And Georgia became extremely uh, religious. And even now, uh, Georgian Orthodox Church is the strongest institution in the country, stronger than any political party or any one individual.
0: well, it's interesting. I wonder is curious about that because the manifestation of that sort of providing some kind of a a substitute for the structure that the old Soviet Union imposed on the Georgians. this was something familiar, something that that had been in the in a part of the country for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And so that's an understimental thing. And this is where the film is it's the external that is as in some ways, and this is going to sound harsh, an imposition of a certain kind of faith on the people. And then we see Yana, who is dealing with her own internal struggle with what is faith, what is what is fidelity, what is, what is all of these different things. And this is where they clash. And the way you tell the story is so interesting because you spend a lot of time in sort of contemplative filmmaking. We watch her thinking about the things that are going on in her life in ways that are, we're just coming out of some sort of horrific event something very kind of trying something that would put anyone in a state where they would question their lives in many ways goes through a series of these sort of tests if you will and then we watch your reaction to that is that a fair way to 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 understand the film
1: well i was thinking that if when we talk about dramaturgy, we think that there is one point of no return in the narrative, or at least in a dramaturgical like approach. But I think that this film is about several points of no return because I think that in life things happen and we almost never really fully understand and grasp what's really happening in our lives. And we can only give it an importance in the retrospect. looking back at it. it. So I wanted to grasp this aspect of life also. I wanted to make a film which would have a sense of time that this woman has, like how does she live? How does time flow for this woman? And perhaps some of the audience members would be more impatient to, to look at the film or to watch the film. But I think it's fine because this is how this woman lives. I, I I can't make it any different way. I really wanted to capture and to grasp her, her way of life.
0: Right. Well, and she has very little agency in this. She has her own internal, as she comes to grips with what she has been, been dealing with. And there are a number of pretty horrific things. The trauma of being in the church. When that event happens at the beginning, the police, the, every and her husband who doesn't seem to understand that th- these things are happening to her and why why they're happening. And so and so she's i think her character is just trying to find the the place where she has can more control or control of to some degree over what happens to her. Th- this film reminds me of Paul Schrader's uh, First Reformed. There's a lot of that genuine looking to the heavens. Please mm. tell me please help me understand what is happening to me and that's also very biblical right very much in the in the in the old testament tradition oh god lift this burden from me tell me what i should do and that's what she is she is in some way she's almost old old testament in the way that she wants to she wants the answer she wants the answer that she wants to believe in is that again
1: well at least I was thinking that even the story again of Abraham and Isaac, I was reading Kierkegaard and the paradox of uh, Abraham and Isaac because if if the God uh, gave him a son almost at the end of his life or like later on in his life and then wants to test his faith and wants to take the son away. But then when Abraham goes, with his son to, to kill him, he needs to fully believe that he's really going to sacrifice his son. But at the same time, the question we, we do question and he questions like who is what kind of God it is that would take his son away. So it, it there is this paradox. And I was thinking that it doesn't matter if yana is truly a believer or not. The question that she's not even being challenged by God. She's not even being challenged by any higher forces, because she's not part of the narrative, then if she takes the responsibility or maybe by giving up her power fully, she regains power somehow, and she creates something in the end of the film out of herself, that what kind of creation is that? And uh, does God have anything to do with it? And uh, those were questions, certainly, I was trying to ask at least with the film.
0: Well, I want to remind our listeners that we are talking about the film beginning and we're speaking with Dia Kulumbe Kashvili and uh, she is the co-writer as well of the film. Um, let's talk about the acting. Let's talk mm-hmm. about the people in this film, which it is the rem- it's a remarkable performance on the part of Iasukti Kashvili delivers. She's Yana and mm-hmm. she is absolutely spectacular. She's amazing in this film and you you ask a lot of her because you don't give a lot of dialogue to this character you ask her to do some amazing things in terms of just the way that she there's so many uh, scenes in this film where she may just be sitting and and looking off camera almost look there's just so many remarkable things about this performance talk to a little bit about the kind of this relationship you had with her and also in relation to this performance uh, I would also have to bring into this your cinematographer because the these two things are completely connected in ways that are pretty remarkable. So let's talk about your your cinematographer but also about ea yeah. as well as her performance.
1: so my I, Ia is an incredible actress and she's uh she has huge experience uh, behind her because she, she was 17 when she first had the role of Juliet in the main the- main dramatic theater of uh, Georgia. And since then, she's been uh, their principal actress. Uh, and she's really an incredible actress of incredible uh, range and what, what she can actually do. And Arseny he's... Um, we started to work together... is my cinematographer, and we started to work together on my short film, when Arseny was 22, so and like now now he's 27. So in a way we were growing up together with him and finding the, how to. We were finding cinema maybe when uh, together, and he came to Georgia five years ago and we did so much. We don't even call it the location scouting. We just call it go see places. And I would all because I like to be on location. I like to see places when I write. And he was always here, and we always would just look at things. And he's always in the casting room as well, and rehearse. When when I'm doing rehearsals, Arseny sits somewhere in the background because he really wants to see how actors move, what kind of people there are. Like he's he's very involved in the process. And um, the moment Ia she came to the casting on her own because I thought that she was not. Uh, available because i thought she had the maternal leave because she she was pregnant and um but apparently she already had the baby like two months ago and she called the casting director and she asked if she would come she she wanted to come and talk to me and her main reason was that she heard that i'm making a film about this woman who is a mother and she she just honestly told me that in cinema very often she was like offered the roles of the women who were secondary characters, pretty, somewhere in the background. And she said that, you know, I don't want to play these roles anymore because I am moving into the age when I think it gives me some kind of uh, freedom that now finally maybe I can do things I want to do. And I was actually very surprised to hear this from the actress who is, she's in a huge demand, like everybody wants to work with her in Georgia. But she seemed so irritated. I don't know. She said, this is what I always get. Like, they, they just want me to look good and to act well, like to, to do good performance and to look good. And this, I want to really work now. And, and then we started to work together. And we did six months of rehearsals with her. Wow. Exactly for that. Because I, I asked her that it's not the lines that I want to rehearse or the C or like how you, do, how you can imperfectly... Like enact the character, no, I want to actually see how do you walk, how do you see it, and how much in sync we can be. Because on set, I am always next to the camera because I always want to see with my eye what's happening in front of the camera. And sometimes, often, I talk to Ia, and I really count for her how I want her to breathe. Or And it's in a way, it's like, sometimes I do it even to distract her maybe a bit, but she's so, she has incredible range as an actress. And I am, I'm, I'm very happy for meeting her actually. I want to work with her again. She's
0: an incredible. <laughs> you, you know, she reminds me of uh, Liv Ullman from the Bergman films. She has, oh. she does. She I, I, When I was watching her, I kept thinking, oh, I forgot her, the other actress who worked a lot with Bergman. But Liv Ullman is the one that came, came to mind watching her because her she, she's very expressive without a lot of expression. Yes. There's a certain bearing to her. The way she again, I go back to the the scene with the police officer coming into the house, and then mm-hmm. seeing her sit across from her husband. The different things that the way that she's able to convey so much of what her character is going through by just sitting or standing or walking or whatever. Completely blown away. But but then again, the the way in which you shoot this film and uh, allows us as an audience to sort of Breathe to take in things to understand, sort of viscerally take take in what the story is about. So that's it, it's uh, that part of the film again is another remarkable thing. And what's been the reaction to the film? I you've, I know that um, in terms of Georgia, has it has it screened in Georgia?
1: No, I did not have. So far, we could not really have a, a proper release in Georgia because entire country is in a lockdown. Um, There were certain groups of people who watched the film and uh, most of them were filmmakers. And I was so happy to like get the calls from other young filmmakers specifically, because I don't know, there is something which I think is changing in Georgia, even the approach to cinema or maybe we want to be more radical in our expression. And I was happy to receive those calls from people of like my generation who would call me to talk about a film. But I know that for the wider release, uh, I will need to prepare myself uh, because the film will not go that smoothly. I mean, because there will be a reaction. It's a a film that has a religious theme. And in Georgia, it's not going to be a simple uh, process, unfortunately, but it is what it is. So I need to be just prepared for it.
0: Well, above all else, it just really feels like you made the film you wanted to make. And I think that that's really important.
1: It's it's the process, it's so, something in your head and of course disappointment and most of the disappointment with myself is always part of it. It's just, um, I don't know if this will ever end for me that I will be fully, I, I don't know. It, it's a huge disappointment always accompanies like uh, the process, but now looking at the film I think that this film is what it needs to be. And I, as a director, need to go on and make another film and be disappointed with myself again, probably. <laughs> so.
0: Well, there there are a lot worse ways to motivate yourself than, than <laughs> to, 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 to believe what you just said, because this is the thing that pushes art forward, is, is, is the sense of never making it perfectly the way that you want which is fine i think that's that's it's not such yeah. a bad thing <laughs> well i want to thank you for the film I, this is just the film again is called beginning that the film beginning will be opening will be available on movie uh for you to stream beginning on uh, january 29th and um again the film is uh, has been um receiving a lot of accolades, uh, people are talking about it as a uh, one of the best films of the year, as well as the Georgian entry for uh, the Oscar best foreign film uh, competition. I hate competition, it sounds so horrible to say it that way, but that's what it is. And uh, I want, again, congratulations. Uh, I hope you're working on something and I trust you are. I, <laughs> something <laughs> tells me you are. And uh, when that time comes, I hope you'll come back and join us again. Uh, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Again, the film is called Beginning. We've been talking with the director and co-writer of the film, Dia Kolumbe Kashvili. Uh, and um, I want to thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films.